0: Now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley.
1: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, I want to sell you on a concept. I want to sell you on the concept that the market is not oversold. Uh, interesting concept. You know, because in markets, there's cycles and we track cycles and we have different explanations for different segments of the cycle. It's all very logical, mathematical, uh, cyclical. I mean, everything in your body wants a cycle to occur because you've been trained to believe in cycles. You've been trained to believe in highs and lows and reciprocation, pullbacks, the verbiage you've been taught your entire life, corrections. You've heard all these words over and over and over again. You hear people talk about all this stuff. And then when it doesn't happen, you start to wonder. Now, in the last couple of weeks, I've taken it upon myself, because they have come out, to look at and read the reports of many different economists Some of them directly related to the apartment industry, which might be, you know, a little bit skewed. Others are not related to the apartment industry. And it's interesting, the data that they present is pretty much the same. So they're pulling their data from national data banks, facts, figures, and then they have to make interpretations of what's happening. The challenge is is that the interpretations are very difficult to come up with. So, you ask yourself, what if they get it wrong? What if their interpretations are incorrect? Does that mean disaster to you as an investor? And surprisingly, I would represent to you that it has not in the past. It has, to certain sectors, people that are speculators, speculate on the value of real estate, just like people speculate on the value of gold and them speculate on the value of oil, and they buy with the intention to sell, get caught in a market that doesn't work. Someone who buys for themselves personally and the market goes against them and creates a situation where they lose their job and they can't pay their mortgage payment anymore and the houses lose a little value so they can't sell them because they have nothing in them because they bought it as an owner finance mortgage with almost no equity. So when the equity turns negative, it's negative. But if you would have bought that property with 25% equity and it dropped 20%, you could still get out of that house even. You would have lost your equity. And we all would cry about losing our equity. But the problem was really not losing your equity. The real problem was you lost your job. If you hadn't lost your job, then you wouldn't have had a problem of losing your equity. Interesting. How do we see that so wrong? How do we invent in our minds that our mistakes by feeling totally satisfied that the economy is booming, that our family can now afford to make a big purchase into a house we really can't even afford to own, how can we blame that on the economy? It's not real estate that did that to you. I was in real estate during those recessions, 2002, 2008. I made money during those years. During those recessions, I made money. I never lost any real estate. But I wasn't in the position that these people were in, which was, just like Dave Ramsey, I think also lost money in real estate at some point, is that they had the wrong setup. They had the wrong system, the wrong financing system, the wrong income-based system. Back in the 80s, people bought real estate on purpose to lose money. It was a giant write-off. Then all of a sudden, in 86, 87, they took those write-offs away. Reagan took those write-offs away, and guess what? Boom, there was no reason to overpay for real estate anymore. And real estate crashed. Wow. Same thing happened in 2008. All of a sudden, people have been speculating on real estate forever. The economy got soft. People lost their jobs. And the balloon burst. They're talking now about something called an inversion When the interest rates become higher than the rate of return on investments, when these returns become inverted, when long-term interest rates, right, are lower than short-term interest rates, you have a problem in the economy. Long-term interest rates should be higher. There should be a cost to taking money long. And short-term interest rates are the easiest to figure out, so they shouldn't cost you as much. Hey, I'm going to get my money back within a year. That doesn't demand the same risk. And so now the big thing is the economists are talking about this inverted rate curve. If the rate curve inverts like it did in 2008, everything blows up, they say. But yet, when you read all the rest of the report, right? If the Fed doesn't do that, if the Fed doesn't mess it up, then everything else looks rosy as can be. Now today, if you can hang with me through this show, I'm going to get to a point where I explained to you historically why I believe this market is not overbuilt or oversold. That historically, we're actually in a better position right now to buy apartment complexes than we ever were, or even rent houses. It's just an incredible thing. To see what's available out there. So, when I go through this with you, I hope you can follow through this whole show because this is going to be a gigantic sales pitch to you. Not because I have something I need to sell you, I don't have a product to sell you. I have the concept to sell you that if you're sitting on the sidelines and not building wealth, you have no assets, that you're missing out. That you're missing out. Curtis Haynes was talking to me the other day. He's got like 27 apartment complexes. He's bought as many as 34. He's got thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of units. And interestingly enough, he said, you know, I've been buying for the last four years when people have been sitting on the sidelines because he thought the cycle had ended. And now I'm way better off because of it. And yet I saw my friends and fellow investors pulling back. But I didn't. And so now he's, his hindsight 2020 says, hmm, maybe this up and down fluctuation of markets is not that important. Maybe what's important is keeping your money invested in something that's earning money. And his cash flow from all these investments is phenomenal. Now, some are better and some are worse. Some are great. Some have capital gains, some have large capital gains, some have no capital gains. But in whole, his portfolio is truly invested, thoroughly invested. That is what he looks at his job as in life, is to keep the family business invested, so it's making money. Because what good is money sitting in a 401k that earns you nothing? What good is money sitting in an IRA that earns you nothing? What good is money sitting in your paid and full home which earns you nothing? How is that benefiting your family? As opposed to having it in businesses that earn money. Now, you could have it in savings, and most savings accounts are paying about a half a percent, although online savings accounts now are up to one and a half percent. I've just transferred a bunch of my funds out of my savings accounts into these online savings accounts to get that extra one percent interest. But theoretically, that's ridiculous compared to owning a piece of real estate which could earn you six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen percent, depending on the deal. So today I've got to make this point to you, get it across to you, that you need to be invested in this market, and why 2018 is going to be better than 2017. And every economist, everyone bar none that I've read, is saying the same thing. 2018 is going to be better than 2017, and then you better get invested. Wow. Where did the cycle go? Well, that's what we need to discuss. Because I have a theory about cycle expansion that might make sense to the whole thing. What if we change the entire shape of the curve? It's still a curve, but it changed. We'll discuss that and more when we come back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show
2: Welcome back.
0: Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today, I'm trying to make a point for the fact that markets, although they can be cyclical, we believe them to be cyclical. I believe cycles can expand. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, is that if you have one dollar, it only takes one dollar to be a hundred percent return, a hundred percent return on one dollars a dollar. So the cycle can go from earning you a ten percent return, which is ten cents, to a twenty percent return, which is twenty cents, down to a nothing return very easily. But what if you're earning not a dollar, but you're earning a hundred thousand dollars? You would think. That it would make sense that cyclically it would be just as easy to go from you know 10 percent return which would be ten thousand dollars and 20 percent return which is twenty thousand you would think those numbers all align but i'm suggesting to you those numbers do not align that the larger the number is the harder it is to get it to move that's a strange concept but i believe this my whole life i've noticed back when i was buying real estate when I first started, I was buying very, very inexpensive stuff, cheap stuff, old stuff, worn out stuff. And I could earn 20, 30% return on cash flow from day one. But I was only paying $10,000 a unit for that stuff. But when you got up to where you're paying $20,000, it was twice as hard to get the income to go up by the same percentage. When you paid 30 dollars it was three times as hard. And now that we're looking at stuff anywhere from 80, and I've actually looked at stuff myself now in the last two years from 120, last week I looked at one $200,000 a door. Now, you got to think about that. How do you make that kind of percentage change when something's $200,000 a door? When someone's paying $3,500, $4,000 a month rent? How do you raise the rent? Well, let's say I raise it 100 bucks. That's nothing, percentage-wise. Where when people were paying $400 a month rent and I raised it to $500, that was a 25% rent increase. But $100 on $3,500 is nothing. So what I'm suggesting you is the cycle has scaled to the point where the returns have got to go down because the cost of getting into the business is so high. Yet... At the same token, the cycle has expanded. So where it would take you X number of days to get from point A to point B, and then to point C, and then to point D, and then to hit the end of the cycle and come back to point A again, that that period of time has to change. It has to change almost directly with the size of the change, because it takes longer to make those larger changes, large enough. Descend the cycle through its loops. Now, this is just projection. This is my theory. No economists out there are espousing this. I'm espousing it because I sat back now for 27 years and had to watch every single year as my members invest and buy real estate year after year after year. And every once in a while, every, like four years ago, I said, man, we are peaking in this market. It's probably going to be over by next year. And the next year after that, I go, you know what? I think we are peaking. Last year, I decided to sell my real estate properties off because I thought we had gone past the peak and we were on the edge of a bubble. While I was selling, Curtis was buying. We discussed our notes. We shared notes. And although I got out at historic highs, to be able to get back in, I'm going to have to get back in at historic highs. So... Let's take a look at some of the numbers. Let's start with single family, and I'll work this whole seminar, or not this seminar, this whole radio show. We'll work this through to the apartments. Let's start with single family houses. Right now, first-time home buyers are 32% of all the buyers. And the problem with that is, is that they don't build small houses anymore. Let me give you an example. The median home right now is $248,000. The average home is $331,000. Now let's go back to when I bought my first home. I purchased my first rental property at $25,000. At the time, the median was 50,000. All right? So let's think about this. I bought it at 50 cents on the median. Well, the median's 240. That means we can buy houses at 120 and still be buying them at the same the same discount I was buying at at the bottom of a recession. In other words, when it was the absolute best time to buy when the world had exploded and things were going for 50 cents on the dollar, I was buying at 50 cents of the median price. Well, guess what, folks? We're still buying houses at 80, 90, 100,000, $110, 120 all day long which is below 50% of the median price. We are killing it and not realizing it because those prices are higher than we've ever been willing to pay in the investment world. But not understanding that, the stuff that's being built is higher than it's ever cost in the history. And that people coming out to buy their home now, their first time home, they're looking at prices at 240000 240, dollars And up and so who are these first-time homebuyers these are the Millennials 25 to 30 35 years of age got their first big paying job maybe just got married or have a you know relationship maybe had their first baby and they're living with mom and dad they got to get out but to get out they got to come up with the price of a $250,000 home that's a big chunk to pay for It really is. I remember when I got out, my first home I bought was a condo for 40,000 bucks. And I mean, 40,000 compared to 240,000, I know it's 30 years later, 40 years later, whatever it is, but it's still massively different. So how does that hook up with the apartment business? Well, back when I first got in the apartment business, I was buying apartments that were old, worn out, tired low-end stuff for $10,000 a door. The high-end stuff, the stuff I really wanted to own, but I couldn't afford, it was like 40000 50000 And the median home prices back then were like $100,000. So... Because I remember I got out of single-family houses because single-family houses, the median went to 75000 76000 somewhere. I said, man, this, the housing business is just getting too expensive. You can't buy a house for $76,000 and make any money with it. So I went to apartments where I could buy these old beat-up apartments for cheap and fix them up and make some money with them. But if you look at and say, okay, back then, we were buying apartments anywhere from... for. Bottom feeding stuff like I was buying at 10,000 a door to really nice cutting edge stuff for 40 or 50,000 a door. And houses were only selling for 76,000 a door. We were paying percentage wise the value of a new home very, very close. Nowadays, it's not so real. We're not even that close. We're not even close to close. What we're paying for apartment doors compared to prices will blow your mind. And I'm going to come back after the break and go into it and show you how far off we are, how much lower we're buying apartments for than what single families cost. People got to live somewhere. They're going to go to a place they can afford. 877-711-5211. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
2: Wealth and Passive Income Expo in the country is coming to Texas Saturday, April 14th. Join thousands of top investors and expert wealth educators. Pick from topics like passive income, retirement, asset protection, tax-free income, finding, fixing, and funding houses and apartments. Get your path to retirement in just one day. Go to wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. Gain one-on-one access to hundreds of industry experts, realtors, lenders, property and asset managers, apartment owners, national real estate syndication and trade professionals. Come shake hands with your retirement partner. Use promo code EXPO18 and get in for just $10. Meet national radio host, multimillionaire real estate investor, and mentors to the top award-winning investors in the country, Dell Walmsley. Use promo code EXPO18 to get your all-access pass for just $10. WealthAndPassiveIncomeExpo.com. Meet featured speaker Brian Tracy, top-selling author of over 70 books, personal success and performance expert, along with Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor. Best-selling author and former United States Navy SEAL who received the Navy Cross and Purple Heart for his actions during Operation Red Wings. Your path to retirement in just one day. WealthAndPassiveIncomeExpo.com. Use promo code EXPO18. Eighteen. Welcome back.
0: Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Dell Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm making the point that the cycle that we're living within, within the real estate investment world, has expanded to the point where the curves. The length and the distance between the curves from the ups and the downs is getting larger and longer and longer. Um, I saw a document the other day from one of the economists, uh, I think it's Dotzauer, where he pointed out the largest expansion in the country was, um, I think it was 120 months of expansion. And we're currently at like 104 months of expansion. So we're the second largest expansion period in the history of the country. And the point they're making is, I mean, how much further can it go if we're almost to the largest expansion ever? And my theory is this, if there were 50 and 60 and 70 month expansions, and then somebody had 120, isn't there that opportunity for everything to align itself where there could be 130, 140 months of expansion. Somebody had to hit the 120. We're at 104. That's a long ways away, but somebody had to set that record, and some set of circumstances had to set that record. So let's take a look at our circumstances right now that play into me believing that the cycle has been stretched. In fact, completely interrupted in some cases. But maybe that's an overstatement. Let's just say stretched out. To where things don't work at the speed that we believe they would work at. So let's talk about it. Number one, I believe that the the value of real estate is controlled by supply, demand, and buying power. So what do I mean by that? Well, if we bring tons and tons and tons of units online, then all of a sudden we're oversupplied. Rents have to go down. Occupancy has to go down. And real estate values start to plummet. People can't operate their buildings at a profit. And so they have to sell, they have to sell at a lower price because they've got no financials to sell to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So let's talk about demand and demand is how many people there are to rent those units. So if you had a large supply, but you also had a very large demand, they could neutralize each other and the property stay as profitable as they were. If you had a higher demand than supply, then you're going to have an increase in profit and an increase in value, okay? And then you have buying power. How easy is it for you to buy the real estate out there on the marketplace? Well, let's look at single-family homes. The buying power is going down. Why is the buying power going down? Because the prices are getting very high. And interest rates are starting to rise. So the buying power is going away. But what's happening in commercial real estate is that there's more and more and more money to throw at real estate. The buying power is unbelievable, and interest rates are staying relatively fixed. I mean, I'm looking at interest rates right now. I could get a deal if I wanted to go with an adjustable rate of only 3.27. Uh, I could get a fixed rate at 4.5. That's phenomenal. 30 years with a 10-year balloon at 4.5. Interest only, which really means you, you it's like you're paying 3%. It's just unbelievable because there's no... You're not paying down the principal at all. So the, the payments are very small. This gives you a tremendous amount of buying power. And the fact that there's tons of cash sitting around waiting to get into these deals gives you even more buying power. So... As the millennials come out and the world changes from, you know, us old folks, right, to the millennials, they now have the belief that they don't necessarily want to own a home. They don't like upkeep. They've been living with their parents. They've been tenants for the first 30 years of their life. Now, to be tenants with freedom of not living in mom and dad's house is like total freedom. They're spoiled, and they want nice amenities, so they can't afford to buy a little crappy home in a crappy neighborhood. They're not going to do that. This all leads them to demand. As more and more millennials are wanting to move in to the household world, in other words, own their own household by themselves, there's more and more demand for apartments, and not as much demand for houses because they can't afford to buy those houses. They don't have the buying power to buy those expensive houses. Twenty-five percent down? No, no, I think you can buy owner-occupant with five percent down, but you have to be able to stand for the mortgage payments. You have to pay for all the maintenance, repair, mowing the yard, all utilities, the whole, whole bit. So it is sending demand over to the apartment industry. So there's more demand for the apartment industry, and the apartment industry is putting up more supply. So what happened in 2008? when the recession hit, they stopped building. So two nine, two ten, two eleven, 211 and not until about two twelve did you start seeing apartments come back online. And when they did, there was a shortage of apartments. There was a shortage of housing for many years. So what happens is, boom, big giant swing in the pendulum and everybody jumps in and starts building stuff. But they're building class A's. There's no more class B's and class C's. They stopped even naming anything a class D. If it's a building, it's a class C now. Even if it's a piece of garbage in a bad part of town, they're calling it class C. They've eliminated the designation D. Because everything that you could put a human being in is rentable in this day and age. Wow. That's a market shift, folks. I mean, when I got in the business, there were D's. There was stuff that people shouldn't live in. And they're not even condemning it anymore. They're going, hey, anything you put a body in nowadays is a C. That's blue-collar living. Wow. Tell me this market hasn't changed. Tell me the curve hasn't changed. The cycle hasn't changed. It's unbelievable. What else controls supply and demand? How about jobs? Let's talk about jobs for a second. We are right now at the lowest unemployment level since... 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. I don't know what it was, but it's been a long time. Less than 4%. You're now in a situation we were when I was growing up where it was called um, underemployment. In other words, there's... No, is it over over Overemployment. There's so many people that have jobs and so many jobs wanting people that it's a wonder we don't have inflation. Whatever they're doing, the Fed is doing something that's holding down inflation fairly well, because now it's going to be driven by the fact that people are going to start getting higher wages. Now, marry that with what Donald Trump just did. This new tax law is going to change things dramatically. Companies are going to make 25% more money. They they were paying 42% tax at the corporate level. Now they're paying 25%. It's a 50% cut in taxes, guys. These companies are going to be gushing with cash. So when there's a lack of people to work for them, when they're trying to expand these wonderfully profitable businesses, they're going to have to offer higher wages. I've had my staff come to me already and say, "You know what? I think we'd have to hire offer offer higher wages for people." Even like our entry level people, you know, our receptionists and stuff want more money now because you, know, you can go out in the street and wow, it's happening. So people are going to have more money, right? So there's going to be more money to buy with. Buying indexes, they're all up. Consumer indexes that, that study how people feel about the future, they're all up. Everybody except the talking heads on TV Democrats believe that Trump is going to blow this thing apart. And it's going to become incredibly positive for everybody. Because you don't believe in trickle-down economics. That's fine. I, I get that. But the bottom line is, when there's more money out there and there's less job or there's more jobs than there are people, wages have to go up and they're going to go up for everybody. Doesn't matter whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Chinese, Indian, wages are going up. And so you've got this perfect storm where the economy is booming, where we're at the point in the cycle when you'd say the cycle should be shutting down now. It should be over. It's the beginning of a new peak because of everything that Trump did. Wow. Think of that. Now, one more thing. They've slowed down the amount of new apartment complexes coming online. 2018 will bring less product online than 2017 did, yet 2018 will have more demand. More demand, less supply, higher rents, Higher occupancies, it's coming, folks. It's all happening right before eyes. The economists are saying it, and they're baitedly holding their breath, going, I can't predict what this is going to do because it doesn't make sense, and I don't want to be wrong. Well, I'm sitting here right now saying I'm willing to be wrong, it's happening. We'll take a short break and be back with Del Wamsay Radio Show.
2: welcome back
0: now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time Dell Wamsley
1: welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show today I've been making the point that I believe that the size of the, co- the econ- economic size of this curve changes the length of the cycles and it's just natural that as the, the size of the numbers gets larger and larger and larger, that the cycle becomes longer and longer. So that, hey, at one time, the best, the longest economic expansion was 50 years, or 50 months, somebody got 70 months, somebody got 120 and broke the record, we're now at 104, we haven't even reached the 120 yet, and why couldn't we be 130 or 140? Because now we're moving numbers that are so large, The next point I wanted to make was single family housing is so expensive that it's driving the millennials to multifamily housing. More demand. next point I want to make is that the financing availability for multifamily is over the top. Cheap money, tons of it, and tons of investors to invest for the capital part of the deal. So there's tons of availability for buyers to get out there and be in real estate investment deals. Next point is supply of apartment complexes went from 384,000 units last year being brought online to only 335,000 units being brought on this line uh, this year. So there is less units being available. Now I'm going to put in a new point, which I haven't made yet, and that is they're not building class C and B apartments anymore. There's none of them out there. They're starting to disappear, or at least the percentage of units on the market that are class C and B dropping. Think about it. If you're only building Class As, eventually the percentage has to change. Now, the theory would be that once upon a time that Class As would just eventually turn into Class Bs. But that's not happening the way Class As were built since 1990. In 1990, they stopped building the box apartment complex and started building the stuff with beautiful um, amenities Big open area offices, just workout rooms, incredible swimming areas, dog walks. And so they've improved those amenities since 1990 to now. And every year the amenities get a little bit nicer, but they're just a little more expensive. But they're the same amenities. They have not come up with any new secrets. The open, airy feel of a Class A apartment is still around. So it's not like before the 70s construction became worthless because of the aluminum wiring and the flat roofs and the mansards. You know, the 70s or 80s construction, which I bought a ton of a couple years ago, the 80s construction finally had pitch roofs for the first time. Uh, But they got old and they were in neighborhoods that eventually turned uh, downward. But Class A's. Even in those downward neighborhoods are staying Class A. It's just the weirdest thing. Now, the other day, Curtis told me he bought a Class A for 120000 a door. Let's think about this. If you're going to live in a Class A apartment complex in a good part of town, and this was in a good part of town, uh, West Chase area, and that's a really good part of town to live in. I mean, it's a economic stronghold. $420,000 a door, where the median home price in that area is 240000 or better a door, average price 300000 a door, he's buying that for less than half of the median price of a home. So he can offer that unit up for rent at the same thing a house costs and make a giant profit. That's what's happening, folks. The apartment industry is falling behind the cost of new construction. And the cost of new construction, believe it or not, is getting so high it's squeezing out its customers. So if that happens, not only do you have the fact that the curve is flattening out because of how long it is, and how big it is, think about a gigantic circle. If a circle is large enough, a curve is large enough, it looks flat. I'll think about being on Earth. You're standing here on Earth, you're looking out, and you're thinking land looks flat. Land is not flat, the Earth is round. Why do we think it's flat? Because the curve is so large, the the circle is so large that the curve looks flat. I'm suggesting you now that the prices of this real estate compared to the prices in the past is so large the curve is still there, guys, but it looks flat on the surface. And it's just not going to get there very quickly. And by the way, we don't fall off of earth, even though it's round. And I don't think you're going to fall off of your real estate investment, even though you're sitting on a curve. This is an opportunity right now to really kill it. I hope you all see that. hope it's been beneficial in helping you see that. Now, before we go, I just want to remind you that I will be on location this year all over the country. I want you to go to this website, meetdell.com. Meetdell.com. If you go there, you'll see all the locations I'm going to be at, the dates I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be in your area sometime this year. We're going all over the country. I want you to go to that website, pick out the one you want to go to, and register yourself to come see me and meet me personally. I always do not only a little presentation, but open conversation, Ask Dell presentation, where you can sit and talk to me personally and ask me any questions you want to ask me. You're not going to want to miss this. These This opportunity is only going to occur in your city once each year because I will be going all over the country. But these are little, small, intimate things that you can get involved in, and you're not going to want to miss out. So go to meetdell.com, M-E-E-T-D-E-L, .com. That's Dell with one L. Meet Del.com. I look forward to meeting you personally. And as we go through this all, and I try to help you plan your future of investments, I want you to remember this. We're not doing this just to make a few more bucks. We're not doing this to make a little more money. We're doing this to completely change our lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. And remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle.
0: <laughs>